Um, when I was 26, not in my wildest dreams would I have dreamt that I would see and experience what I've experienced in church. I still remember a young guy. <laughs> my wife's being emotional. What's going on? <laughs> um, I still remember as a young guy, this, uh, this guy in church, he brought a prophetic word to me. He said, I see you talking in front of a lot of students. And I was like, I don't know, eh? <laughs> it wasn't in my heart. It freaked me out to speak in front of people. And well done, God. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so I was saved for about four years, 26 years old. My friends were still doing the clubbing scene, and I was just not there. And I was like, God, can I move to Cape Town? And I felt him say yes. I felt him say, go speak to your boss. He's going to give you a job there. And all of that happened. And my cousin, who you've met, he stayed here last year, Ruan. We stayed in a small little uh, flat. He actually stayed on the stoop because it was a one-bedroom. <laughs> but um, he, he got a scripture. And in the scripture, it said that we're being sent down to build God's church. I didn't know what that meant, to build God's church. I didn't know how it was going to look. But 14 and a half hours later in the car, we were in Cape Town. And um, my friend Nathan, he uh, met us. And yeah, he said, hey, do you want to go to church with me? So I was like, okay, fine. I'm very tired here, you know, 14 and a half hours. <laughs> but let's do this. So we got to church and everybody were walking out of the doors and I was like, okay, I don't know what we're going to do here. And then he said, don't worry. And he used to be a drug dealer, so I was a bit... <laughs> no, I joke. And then, um, and then he said, he spoke to a few people. And they're like, no, no, it's happening at Lauren's house. So we all went to Lauren's house. And there were a few guys sitting, talking to either a newly saved or an unsaved guy. There was a guy jamming on his guitar, a few people having coffee. And my computer just, uh, yay, I almost went into having to type out this long password. And um, so all of us were happening, all these different things. Some people were like playing and it just felt so amazing. And next minute they said, hey, the new guy's getting baptized. So we all walked out. And I remember walking to the beach going, this feels like acts. I remember as a young Christian thinking, I would like to see those things happen. And yeah, I started seeing it happen. And on my way there to dunk the guy, my mom phoned and she's like, how are things going? And I said, it's amazing. It feels so real. Let's see how long it will last. And it's lasted 20 years. So with what I wanted to say with that is I've made amazing memories or I've received amazing memories, but all of us here can make kingdom memories. It's not just me, Kala, whoever you see here, maybe Simon living in his tent. It's all of us. God wants all of us to make those memories. So back to me, first week. All of a sudden, I went to the beach, and it felt like the whole church was on the beach. And I was just like, this is so weird. Like, everybody does everything together. But I was missing the adults. I was like, is this just like a young adult group? Is there like a different service for the adults, but these were the guys. 
So I want to read 1 Timothy 4 verse 12 for you. So this, I've read a lot, but now I was seeing it. It says, let no one despise your youth. And yeah, I was with lots of young adults, and they didn't care. They were just running hard for Jesus. But set an example for the believers. And they were setting an example. I came from an amazing church, but I was learning stuff from them that I've never learned. In speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. I was seeing such amazing things, and it's so beautiful. Uh, people were so zealous for God, and I still know a lot of them, and I can tell you they are still zealous for God, most of them. So I remember most of the guys had like long hair because they were surfers or ex-drag addicts, and, but they were passionate for Jesus, right? And there was this one old Wemi, and he really struggled to relate. So he went to go speak to the one guy with his long hair, and he cut off his hair. So I'm not saying cut off your hair. <laughs> what I'm saying is try and see the heart. He was a young guy. He could have gone, hey, Jesus set me free. Hey, he could have held on to all those things, but he thought, how can I help this older guy love Jesus better and serve him better? Isn't that just beautiful? So we saw so many people being pulled into family from all different types of life. We, um, yeah, just people being, the lonely being pulled in, ex-drug addicts. Um, I remember <laughs> I came from Pretoria and I always wanted to surf. So I was a wannabe surfer. And all of a sudden I was being pulled into other cool surfers. <laughs> And I could go and surf with them. And it was just really people living life together for Jesus. From all different walks of life, from all different orientations. And this reminded me of that dream the other day of mowing the lawn. And everybody needs to see this. It's for all of us. It's not, we're not special, we didn't deserve it, but somehow God showed us. Now it's our turn to show others. So one of the things I remember when, what they used to do is around right about this time, so maybe it's a good idea, um, it was either the 14th or the 17th of December, they would have an orphan Christmas. So for most people, Christmases are great, but there are some who are very lonely. And I remember they would just pull all of those guys together and have Christmas Day for them, and it was beautiful. So all of us can have bribes, socials, all of us do something. Just use what you're already doing. Just do what your hand finds to do. A friend of ours, Nathan, actually through Nathan I met my wife, indirectly in church. But um, what he would used to do is during lunch times, if he would go look for a tent, he would just phone someone and say, hey, come with me. He would use every moment to build relationships and to pull, pull people closer, and it's so beautiful. Now to go down to the next picture. My wife always laughs at my pictures because that's how I, my brain works. So if, you, if you've been to our house and you stand on the top road, you will see the roof looks a little bit like the ocean. Okay? <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. It's not going to collapse on your head. But um, something happened there. If you look at the roof, you can see uh, something ain't right. And what happened is... When we just moved into our house, we just pulled out all the walls 
and we then we also got rid of the actual ceiling. So what happened is it looked amazing, but it was not wise. There was not enough support. Because even, I mean, one, the walls helped, because the beans are so long, and now it can't carry the weight. The other thing, when we removed the ceiling, all those little dwarf likeies, what is that? Well, cross beams, let's say that. Because we removed that, now the trusses weren't supported. So over years of pressure downwards, the trusses started doing this, and now the roof is doing this. And there was also some foundational issues. What I'm trying to say is, it's safe to visit. <laughs> Don't worry, we got a good engineer from church, and we fixed the problem. But what I was trying to say is, we need to work according to a plan. We can't just go according to what looks nice. It might look nice for a while, but if it's not support, if it's not building according to plan, something's going to happen there. And it's the same with church life. So in church, we know that the Bible says that Jesus is the foundation. Then on top of that, you see the apostles, prophets. And then we get this feeling of God building with living stones. That's all of us. That's all of us believing in Jesus. We are living stones. And he wants to put us into place to build something. So, <laughs> so build well. Allow God to build you into this, into this wall in a good place and throw all your weight into it. Whether it's going to community, whether it's setting up here on a Sunday or making the coffee or inviting people for some kind of social or even like Skitta and the guys having that running club, whatever it is, throw your weight into that thing. Um, earlier, there was a song of where all of us are supposed to be used. God wants to use all of us. And when we went to Elgin, I learned that's the correct word, Elgin. Oh, Elgin. I forgot the correct word. Elgin. LaSalle had this vision of like a basket full of different fruit, but it was still a fruit basket. And the idea of that could be that the one could be an orange and go, huh, you're not an apple. Or the apple can go, hmm, you're not a pisang. But <laughs> they're still all fruit. And in the same way, we are all different. We're all living stones. We are all going to look different in this wall. And we must allow people to be different. So how do we handle it when people are different? The ugly way would be to tweet or to vomit on your Facebook website, or to go onto your family WhatsApp group and just go shout and complain about how bad church life is. The good thing is Matthew 18. It's so simple. It's like first go and speak to the other fruit, <laughs> to the other living stone by yourself. Then take one other person. Then take it to church. And then I have nothing to do. But we so quickly jump to the last one. You've been shunned from my life. And for me, it's such a beautiful thing to show God's heart. His heart for people to be, to have a time to repent. God's heart for people to see grace in how we work with them. So let's get back to the way things work. Let's go back to the way where we find life, where we see love. Because the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. So always remember it's about his kingdom, about his glory, 
what he wants. We are his bride, and we are only supposed to honor him in whatever he wants, like that, what did you call it? Our anthem or whatever is just have your way, have your way, have your way. That's where our hearts should come. So the Bible says that all our works, as you build this wall, all our works will be tested. I am going to read that part. Okay. I wasn't sure if I was going <laughs> to. Sorry, it's 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15. Oh, it's on. Okay, it mentions about, it says, but if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, and stubble, each man's work will be revealed. So it's not just like you build and it's done in secret and no one will ever know. However you build, it will be revealed. For the day will declare it because it is revealed in fire. And the fire itself will test what sort of work each man's work is. If any man's work remains, which he built on it, he will receive a reward. So we don't just build in order to build. There's something coming. If it lasts, we'll get a reward. If any man's work is burnt, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, but as through fire. That sounds hectic. Don't go there. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so um, here we see that we need to build wisely. We can't just, like me and Asel go, what looks nice? No walls, <laughs> okay? We need to really think. We need to follow a plan. We need to see what is God saying, try and hear what he's doing. So um, if you do see cracks in the wall, so myself and Kala, we look pretty similar today. But imagine now we start walking and we are only one degree apart. If we walk for 10 meters, it will be fine. We could even still talk. But if it's 100 kilometers, I can tell you, you won't be able to see one another anymore. So that one degree, that one little difference from the original can set you so far apart. And that's how it is with God's word. So if there's something this little different from God's word, it's going to end up way, way far apart. <clears throat> So I often think it's God's grace to show us cracks before the roof falls on our heads, you know? <laughs> so that we can see what's wrong. And so that we can go to our knees, recheck the foundation, recheck how we've built. And if the foundation is not Jesus, run. Okay? <laughs> There's a very nice verse where, in the Old Testament, where God talks about all the nations attacking Israel. And he says, I will not remove all of them at once else for wild animals will become too much for you. So often we see cracks and we're like, get frustrated. God, when are you going to fix that? He takes his time. As long as we invite him in, as long as we walk with him, he will fix those things. So when it gets tough, when you go, Aina, remember you're doing it for him. You're doing it for your love, for him. But take ownership of us. Throw your weight into this. It's worth it. Jesus is worth it. His church is so worth it. Jesus mentioned uh, if we are single-minded, how amazing things we can accomplish. So throw single-mindedly into following him, into following his, his kingdom and his ways. And then talk, about, talk to your leaders about what you're passionate about. What bothers you? What, what do you see in church? And then trust God to work through your leaders. That's very important. 
So back to the blueprint. Um, let's read Acts 2, 42 to 47. So the, there's a lot in the Bible about building church well. These are one of our favorites. It says they continued steadfast. Mine is different. I'll read that one. And they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done. It's quite interesting that as they lived together, as they did all these things, as they held onto good teaching, God brought all the signs and the wonders and the nice things we are usually seeking first, you know, <laughs> through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Doesn't that just sound idyllic? Like all had everything together. It sounds amazing. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And I just think if we just now and again go and read that as a blueprint, go and read it and think, are you seeing these things in your life? If you don't, start with yourself. <laughs> don't start with the other living stone. Start with this living stone. And start implementing those things. I'll get to that now. But for me, what's interesting is we see how important teaching is, but also living. And a part of living which I love in our church is how open people are to God's input. How much we want to hear His heart. How open we are for the prophetic. So we often have times where we really want to hear, God, where do you want to go with this church? We listen, we obey, we adapt, we gauge again. We listen, we obey, rinse and repeat. Because we try and hear what God wants. It doesn't, what does it matter if we just follow ourselves? So teaching. <laughs> so I remember when I just joined Just Jen many, many, many years ago, 20 years ago, I was used to really good teaching. And to be honest, when I walked into Just Jen, I was like, ew. <laughs> really? And, I mean, we've grown a lot in that. We've got amazing teachers now. But back then, it's something I had to work through. Because, see, something in me knew I had to be here. And maybe for you, it's something else. But for me, it was teaching. And I remember going, ugh but I have to be here. And it's something God wanted to work through me. And I remember the one holiday, I read a lot of Bible, and the only verse that meant anything to me was, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Because see, it's so easy for us to just try and learn, to learn, to learn, to learn, but that will never bring you to fullness. By seeing people around me lift this thing out, by learning how to love others and the unlovable, it changed me. So in 20 years, I've seen that often it's not taught, it's caught. And any parent can see that. You can tell your kids how many times this is how you should, should do it, Johnny. But if you do it differently, 
Johnny is going to do it differently. <laughs> we need to live by example. And the same way, it's so easy to teach about healthy Christian living. We can teach so much on it, but until we don't live it amongst each other, we won't become Christ healthy Christian livers. <laughs> okay. So we need, to, <laughs> we need to live amongst each other and live Christian values and healthy Christian life. And that's what Jesus came to do. I mean, God himself could have done some sky writing, I'm God, I love you. No, he came to live amongst us to show us who God is. And even some of the first apostles, Paul mentions often how he came and he lived among us and how we sh his life showed how we should live Christianity. So life, living this thing out, is way more important than just talking it. I know there's a saying, live your life and if needed, use words. I don't like that saying. <laughs> Because God used his words. The whole creation was formed by God's words. But I think what we've done as Christians is sometimes we just talk, but we don't live. We need to do both of those. So if I was to tell you I have flu, but actually I have COVID. Yes, sorry for that memory. And I was to cough all over you. What are you going to get, flu or COVID? Yes. And the same way, I can say whatever I want to say about my life, but I, if I live it a different way, you are going to catch that. So live a life worthy to be caught by others. What I, what I learned in Just Jen is just how open leaders were, how open they, their hearts were, to show their hearts, and that gave me a lot of trust. I remember Andrew in the beginning, I mean, I'm very different from him, and I remember him being so vulnerable, so honest. Even when he messed up and nobody could see, he would tell us. And that gave me so much trust in him. It, it showed me his heart. It showed me his heart for God. So I remember once I asked God, hey, just help me to understand Andrew. Is this the guy I should follow? And it was during worship. And um, I just saw Andrew carrying a sheep. And I was like, yo, I immediately understood what God was trying to say. Like, his heart is to carry people further in Jesus. Isn't that God's heart? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I remember the first meeting I had with Russell Fraser. So I was in church about, let's say, a month. I can't remember. And he asked me, so what do you think of church? And I told him, I was very young. I didn't say all the right words. But I told him, if I didn't know better, I would have said this is a cult. <laughs> and it's not because I could see anything wrong, but it just felt too good to be true. Like people really living this idyllic Christianity, sharing life together, even opening their fridge for me to come and eat. It just felt so amazing. And I think the problem is often leadership have messed up so badly. And we have such a skew view that we're always like, ah, something must be wrong, yeah. But it's still something God wants to use. God wants to use leadership. So ask him, help him to... Ask him to help you process this thing. 
Ask him to help you trust people. He did it with me. He wants to use authority. There's safety in it. There's safety in trusting God with that. Because the same way parents have to do, make a call, even if the kids throw it toys, a parent has to make a call. The same way leaders have to make calls. And the living stones are going to complain. It's going to happen. Sheep bite all the time. But calls have to be made. So if you struggle, ask God about it. Go back to the Word about it. And trust God to work through your leaders. Because ultimately, you have to trust Him. <laughs> Let's read Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. So it's not just a fluffy badge color or someone got to be a leader. They're looking after our souls. They have to give an account one day. That's huge. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So honor them. Make their jobs easy. Ultimately, we're doing everything unto God. Everything. The way you follow leaders, everything we're doing unto God. God wants to bring order. Allow him to do it. So all of us have weird family members. <laughs> maybe it's like, maybe it's me. Today, I, I think it is me. Or maybe it's your weird uncle you only see at Christmas time. Or I remember as a young kid, oh, it was so gross. It was on a farm, and all of us had to go. And all these old tunnies who you've never seen in your life, they all stood there with their pup lipper, and you had to kiss all of them. It was so disgusting, but you know what? You, you can't choose your family. And the same way in church, if church is built well, you can't choose the people in church because God adds people. He adds them from all different spheres. So we need to learn to love Him. And you know what? The Bible says iron sharpens iron. So if there's no, nothing going against the grain, how are you going to get sharpened? How are you going to look more like Jesus? So it's so much more. When I just got saved, we used to call it cell groups because you're part of a body cell group. But it's so much more. It's like a family. And that's why we call it communities. Because you live with each other. You might not quite see eye to eye, but you learn to love one another. Um, in those early days, I remember we were ex-drag addicts. The one guy in our community slept in his car. The one guy in church was a street cleaner. And for me, it's just beautiful how amazing rainbow-colored God's family can be. So love God, love people. 1 John 4 verse 20, if you can put that up. You're quick. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. That's quite sobering, eh? For me, that's such a sobering verse because it's so easy to sing the songs and then during the week, can you believe what? So ask God for help. Ask God to help you love people. Learn to love people. It's so important what you get saved into 
that it must be a healthy church, but also what other people get saved into. So be part of healthy church. And then as you part of this healthy thing, take it to other communities, take it to other congregations, take it to other churches, take it to other nations. Take this thing. So many times people can look at how other people build this wall and they can go, I want to build a wall. And it's great. The Bible says it's a great thing if you want to be a leader. It's great. But don't wait until you get the naughty badge. Don't wait for that thing. Just be who you are. Be who God has already called you to be. So often what happens is people live this thing out. They walk this thing out already. And then only God highlights it to leadership. And then maybe you might get your badge. But don't wait for your badge. Just live your life with Jesus. So when you are old, what type of legacy do you want to leave behind? Do you want to have your own empire? Do you want to have a huge family, maybe written a book, or be good at some kind of sport? And those things are not necessarily bad, but are they the best for you? I mean, there's been way greater people than us on this earth. I remember myself and LaSalle went to Cambodia many years ago, and um, th there was this king who believed he would live forever, and he built like these huge buildings, and he, he believed that they would always stay there, and then people will forever know him. But we went to one of his buildings, and you know what? This whole thing is fallen over. It looks like Tomb Raider. Is Tomb Raider still a thing? Uh, maybe not. Okay. Tomb Raider. Let's not go there. Okay. So, and it looks like one of those Tomb Raider buildings, and the trees have actually grown over this, this building and stones and stuff. And um, for me, it was so interesting when I saw this, how this guy thought that it would last forever, but it didn't. Even God's trees came and just went, nope, <laughs> not going to happen. So don't build your own kingdom. I mean, that guy was very big. I don't even know his name anymore. I don't even think I have a right story here. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. But don't build your own kingdom. It's not going to last. Build a kingdom that will last. Build God's kingdom. You have one life. Let it count. If you can put up Daniel 12 verse 3. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of a sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Isn't that just beautiful? When I think of that, I just like, wow, man, that, that's an everlasting thing, stars, if we, as far as we know. That's going to last longer than... <laughs> so throw your weight into stuff that lasts. Getting more people to follow Jesus. Isn't that just what we should live for? So don't waste your life. Die to yourself. Follow, use your salvation with fear and trembling. So ask for help. In the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. And hopefully one day, with the Holy Spirit and the bride, we'll shut 
Come, Lord Jesus, come. So Jesus loves us so much. He loves you so much. And in this wall, there's a place for you, that living stone. And you'll never find fulfillment if you don't find your place in his kingdom. It just will never work. You know what? But the world is looking at a very broken church. Very broken. I look at the church and I'm like, yo. <laughs> and it's sad, but sad is not the right word. Maybe horrid, disgusting, disgrace. That's maybe more the words we should use often when we look at church. So let's be a different church. Let's be a healthy church. Let's be people who really hunger for Jesus. Let's be an aroma for those who are being saved. Are you seeing the importance of this kingdom? Do you see that you need to die to yourself so that you can live for whatever he wants? Because see, Jesus did it. He was in heaven. He emptied himself of everything in Philippians 2 to be with us. For the joy set before him, he endured. Are you seeing this joy? Are you seeing that this kingdom is so much bigger than you can ever get if you try and build something yourself? And this thing you have to endure, do you know what the sweet smell it is to God if we living sacrifices to him? It's so beautiful for him. Where your heart is, no, where your treasure is, your heart will be. So years of following Jesus and 20 years of following what I've seen a healthy church to be, there's been ups and there's been downs, but I've grown in Jesus in a big way. I've seen church grow. I've seen people grow. I mean, Simon, hello, from a tent to being a dad. So many people, Jan, I don't know, I can mention so many people who I've seen really grow so much in Jesus. And it's only because I threw my weight into this thing and I saw something worth living for. When I just joined church, just Jane, we were only 70 to 80 people. Now look at it. There's, what, 45 congregations. There's people from all over the world slotting into this thing because they're also seeing something. They're seeing life here. Just Jane Stellenbosch, when we joined, were 25 people and on a holiday when I was asked to preach, there were maybe six. But, <laughs> yeah, the, the world is hungry. The world is hungry to see true worshipers, to see people who really love. So let's mow that lawn, that gate. Let's mow the gate so that people can look in. For those who are visiting, there was a dream with a gate, <laughs> and people couldn't see what the kingdom was like until you start mowing this gate, okay? So LaSalle and I were speaking earlier last week just how special it's been for us to be part of church, to see church grow, but not the numbers, the people. Not, so not the amount of people, but how people have grown in Jesus and how much more they look like Jesus now. And how church also goes more and more and more and more healthy. So I want to throw it out to you. It's your moment as well now to throw your weight into this thing, to see it for what it is and to wholeheartedly follow this 
and not to go on your feelings of, oh, this is maybe not lucky, or oh, I don't have time. Stand on the truth. Stand on the truth of what God's kingdom is about. I clicked on the wrong button, but that's fine. Maybe let's all close our eyes.